Welcome to our special uh, championship weekend edition of the Dan and Joe Sports Show. As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe. All right, Joe, let's begin by doing our uh, our final during the regular season line of the week. And Joe, of course, uh, this one is going to be based on the championship games we have. And I was talking in glowing terms uh, last episode about Jim Harbaugh's epic victory over Ohio State. The first time in 11 years that Michigan has won the game. I'm sure a lot of people are worried there's going to be a letdown for Michigan. And, you know, they may be a little bit slow starting off, but I really like them to cover the 10.5 point line against Iowa. Iowa's a team that has been a shell of itself ever since their great beginning of the season and big win over a Penn State that had a Sean Clifford get injured, get injured. And you look at Iowa since then. Uh, I think it turns out that in the beginning of that season, there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, real big-time wins by Iowa. And even that Penn State game, they were losing by a couple touchdowns when Clifford was healthy. Since then, of course, they got obliterated by the Purdue Spoilermakers. And then they also got destroyed by a Wisconsin team that not only got destroyed by uh, Notre Dame, ended up laying an egg against uh, Minnesota to end the season last week. And what was strange because Wisconsin was looking like the team that everybody expected the last second half of the season until that. And that just goes to, goes back to the fact that Iowa is a team that has a great and opportunistic defense, but they are so limited on offense that I just don't see how they're going to make any headway against this really fantastic Michigan defense led by Hayden Hutchinson and I also think that, you know, Michigan showed that they got a decent offense on their own. And I think this is a game where Michigan is going to show that they are the number two team in America. And I like them to cover that 10.5-point spread, and you're going to see Michigan make the college football playoff. So I like Michigan to cover those points. Okay. Uh, I, I could definitely see that. I'm going to go in the ACC with my pick with the uh, Wake Forest-Pittsburgh uh, surprising ACC championship game matchup. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Pittsburgh to cover here. I think they're favored just by three points. But, you know, Kenny Pickett's one of the top quarterback prospects. I think he's going to have a prolific game. I know that Sam Hartman's really talented for Wake Forest, but I don't really trust their defense. I think they'll give up a lot of points, kind of similar to how Sam Howell lit them up for UNC. And speaking of that, you know, I told you before that I'm really kind of still confused how um, Wake Forest is still legitimately in this ACC championship game at the point that they technically have, even though they don't, they don't want to say it this, they technically have two ACC losses because they lost to North Carolina, even though that's quote-unquote an out-of-conference game. Still trying to figure out how that's possible, Dan. I equated it to you like somebody like Auburn playing Tennessee during the regular season and calling it an out-of-conference game. We would all still consider that an SEC game. Yeah, that's a really weird dichotomy, and it looks even worse based on the fact that uh, Wake Forest just got absolutely destroyed by Clemson. I mean, that was not a game. Clemson imposed their will against them, and of course, this is the worst Clemson team that we've seen in years, and it seems even more hollow to have Wake Forest in the conference championship game based on that absolute curb stomping that Clemson handed them a couple weeks ago. Right, right, exactly. And, so I think you know, yeah, and I, th I think Pitt's going to cover, too, because one thing that Pittsburgh has that Wake Forest definitely doesn't have is actually a pretty good defense. I mean, Pittsburgh's defense is not great, but I've seen them play pretty good offenses and hold them down. 
they beat North Carolina in a game where Kimmy Pickett did not play very good, but they completely uh, kept Sam Howell in check, and they won in what was a really sloppy overtime game But the, because of the defense. And, of course, they also shut down Clemson's offense, which, of course, isn't great, but they beat up on Clemson earlier in the season. And what was one of the more impressive wins in the ACC? And, of course, we saw what Clemson did to Wake Forest a couple weeks ago. So I really like your Pittsburgh pick here. And I think a good game by Kenny Pickett, maybe he gets invited to the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Yeah, I can see that. All right, Joe. uh, Moving on, we already talked a little bit about Michigan and Iowa. Let's talk about uh, the Pokes, Oklahoma State and Baylor. We talked about it earlier in the last episode that if Mike Gundy can get this one win, he's going to probably take Oklahoma State into the college football playoff against uh, Dave Aranda surprising Baylor Bears in what was one of the classic games, the Big 12 regular season, probably going to be another really good game with the biggest factor, I think, being Jerry Bohannon, Bohannon's health, of course, the quarterback of the Baylor Bears. Yeah, and it's such a surprising matchup. You know, I talk about the Wake Pitt matchup in the ACC. I think everybody would have expected probably like an Iowa State Oklahoma Big 12 championship game coming back into the season with Spencer Rattler as the Heisman favorite, Brock Purdy back for like his sixth year of eligibility at Iowa State, it seems, in the running game they had. But yes, yeah, surprise, surprise, Baylor with the first year coach um, or second year coach. And then also you have. Um, um, upstart Oklahoma State with a surprisingly good season. I'm going to go with Oklahoma State to win this game. I just think there's more on the line for them, and I think they'll get it done and put themselves, you know, in consideration for the playoff. Yeah, Joe, I think this is going to be a tough, hard-fought defensive matchup. This is one where I've already put my line of the week out there, but I would say take the under on this game. Baylor and Oklahoma State both have very good defenses, and with Jerry Bohannon possibly being out of the game – that also lends to the fact that I think the under is a really solid play. But I think that you're going to see, just like we had before when these two teams played, a really great low-scoring defensive matchup. And in the end, I think that Oklahoma State defense is just that good, and you'll probably see them make a game-changing turnover right there at the end. I like Oklahoma State to win this one 20-17. Okay. No, I think that's a good thing because Oklahoma State, you know, they have one of those just kind of opportunistic but like relentless defenses that really, you know, are physical too. That's right. All right, Joe, moving on to a game that could decide a team that gets in the college football playoff. Really a very uh, game that I'm so fascinated to watch is Cincinnati versus Houston. Um, This is a game that's not getting enough publicity because Houston is so good. I mean, they've won 11 games in a row. This is probably going to be Cincinnati's toughest game they've had all season outside of Notre Dame. And it's going to be fascinating to see whether they can put all of the pressure in the world of the group of five teams, uh, you know, if they can look past that and play what is a very good Houston team with a good defense. And Dana Holgerson has quietly put, put together quite a great team and what a matchup is of what you're going to see in the Big 12 in the future. Joe, do you think the Bearcats finish out this undefeated season and make the college football playoff? I mean – it's going to be harder than most people expect. And as a side note, um, I'd forgotten to tell you this. I actually have a friend who I've played um, rec league softball before in Hattiesburg who's a physical therapist, and he is actually now, I think, like an athletic trainer for the University of Houston. So he'll be at this game. So that might be somebody to talk to if Houston does get this upset. But, yeah, I mean, um, I think it's going to be harder than people expect. 
because you look at everybody pretty much just looking at it like it's a foregone conclusion that Cincinnati's in the college football playoff. But when you have an 11-1 and team in this type of matchup, I mean, you can't just assume anything. And uh, Houston is really rolling um, coming into uh, this matchup. Their offense is playing really well. And when you're a team like Cincinnati where there's so much pressure and you also got, you know, all the speculation about Luke Fickle's status. I know he was considered for the Notre Dame job before that went to Marcus Freeman. Some people might even talk about him for the Oklahoma job. So when you got all that speculation to worry about, I think that that can be a distraction for a team that's preparing for a matchup like this. And then finally, when you're undefeated, you always feel like, you know, at some point your luck could run out. And does that happen on the worst, you know, possible stage for Cincinnati? I think Cincinnati probably wins. I think that Desmond Ritter's really good. I like their running game. I think that that's um, the key for Cincinnati. But I think it's going to be really close. Yeah, Joe, I think this is going to be a tough game. I've been really impressed with what I've seen from Houston. I watched them a couple weeks ago, and they, they played a very excellent game against Memphis. And, I mean, you can't argue with the fact they've won 11 games in a row. The only one they lost was to Texas Tech in the beginning of the season. I think they had a big lead in that game, too. And so Dana Algerson's had a really good season. And just so much pressure on Cincinnati to win this game and win it big to make the playoff that I think they're going to win, mostly because I don't like Dana Holgerson in a big game. He never showed me that much in big games at West Virginia. And, of course, it took him a little bit to build this Houston program up. But I think it's going to be close. And I think that Cincinnati really needs Alabama to lose because I just don't know that they're going to do enough to impress the committee. So I think this is going to be a one-score game. And I can definitely see that if Alabama does beat Georgia – that they could jump Oklahoma State over Cincinnati based on what I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think that's fair, but I think that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, if um, Alabama beats Georgia, then if you're a Cincinnati fan, you're pretty concerned. you got to get style points at that point because then it would be Georgia and Alabama both go, and then Michigan and then if Oklahoma State wins, they go too, and that's your four teams. And I could really see a scenario where they'd be looking to leave um, Cincinnati out. Yeah, I think at that point you're a huge Baylor fan if you're if you're Cincinnati. Um, Joe, going to the last game of the weekend and one that I think of, you know is it's compelling, but it's also not, and that's the Georgia Bama game. You know, there's so many things going on with this. Will Kirby finally break the Saban curse and beat him? He's not going to be the first assistant to do it because now uh, Jimbo Fisher has done that. But, of course, you know, the, there's been twice where Kirby seemed to have better teams than Nick Saban. He had those teams on the ropes with double-digit victories. And somehow, each time a backup quarterback came off the bench for Alabama, first it was Tua, then it was Jalen Hurts, to get the win for Alabama. And, you know, those teams in the past, in 2017, I think that Georgia was better than Alabama. In 2019, I think there was, uh, you know, excuse me, uh, in in yeah, 2018, 2018. 2018, the very next season, you could definitely make an argument that Georgia was better. But Joe, the talent goal from this one, I mean, it's going to be unbelievable to me if Alabama wins this game because you look at Georgia, their defense is the best defense I've seen since the 2011 Alabama defense. And you look at Alabama's offense right now, they're very one-dimensional. They're they're a throwing team only. Their run game has been shut down by LSU, was shut down by Auburn, and now you don't even know whether their number one back, Brian Robinson, is healthy. 
their number two back, Roy Dell Williams, is injured, and they're on their number three running back. And if Brian Robinson can't play, that's a lot of pressure on uh, Trey Sanders to get anything going against this Georgia team. And it's, uh, you know, I know that everybody's going to favor Saban in the coaching battle, as they should. But I feel like this team that Kirby Smart has, I think either one of us, you could take uh, Jim Bob off the street and they could coach Georgia to this win because I just see that the talent gap in this one just seems pretty much insurmountable for Alabama to me. One thing interesting I looked at in this matchup, I heard somebody say this on another podcast today. When you look at the who these teams have played in the regular season, interestingly, their resumes aren't as impressive as you would expect from two teams with these records facing off. I mean, Georgia's best win is against Clemson. Their second best win is, is against a pretty good Arkansas team. Um, Alabama's best win is against Ole Miss. Um, their second best win is against um, Arkansas. So, you know, they haven't just gone out and beaten just, you know, these uh, world beaters. So that's just something interesting to, to look at coming into this matchup. I told you before the show when we were um, preparing today that I do stand in the minority, I think, on this matchup where most people expect, and I, I definitely understand why, that Georgia's going to dominate. I really see this as a close game. I think that the psychological factor is real for Georgia. I also have concerns about um, the Georgia offense being able to score enough points. Um, I look at Will Anderson and playmakers on the Alabama defense. Um, I love the story of Stetson Bennett. Um, he's a guy that was junior college uh, close to my hometown. And I, I know people that went to school with him there at uh, Jones College in Mississippi. But at the same time, I don't really trust the wide receivers that he has. I don't trust the running game as much for Georgia as I have in years past. And so I think that Georgia's defense is obviously as good as advertised. I saw a statistic today that they have not allowed anybody to score, I think, more than 17 points in a game this year. I mean, that's just unbelievable. And all the credit they, they deserve for that type of performance this year. So I definitely think, you know, they'll be able to limit and keep Bryce Young out of the end zone for the most part on Saturday. I see Alabama settling for a field goal probably on three or four possessions if they're lucky enough to get into the red zone that many times. But like I said, I still have concerns about Georgia being able to score enough points to create separation from Alabama. So you add in all those factors, the psychological factor of it being Alabama and trying to clear that hurdle. I think it's a much tougher task than most people expect. I see Georgia getting out of there with a narrow wind and escaping, I'm going to say, 20-16 to 16 Georgia gets the win. Well, Joe, not just what I mentioned um, on the rushing attack for Alabama. I think the other factor is Alabama's offensive line right now. You saw what Auburn was able to do with, I would say, one of the more average defensive lines that Auburn's had in the last 10 years. Uh, Derek Hall was able to get a couple sacks. Uh, I believe they had something like 10 or 15 different uh, Russia, you know, uh, rushes on Bryce Young. Uh, outside of Evan Neal, this is one of the worst Alabama offensive lines we've seen. And when I think of Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean, they've got to be licking their chops to go against these guys. And I think Bryce Young is a great quarterback, and he did have a, a really excellent final drive there against Auburn while I was aided a little bit by the referees. He still did a good job on it, on his own and getting a touchdown there and having a lot of uh, you know ice water in his veins and toughness. And he's going to be able to make some plays. But the problem is – they don't have Devontae Smith. They don't have Jalen Waddle. They don't have Calvin Ridley. 
John Mechie is a, is a good receiver, and Jamison Williams is a very good deep threat, but just the overall receiving talent is not there. And so I think they're going to be able to throw it a little bit, but they don't just have receivers all over the place that are going to be able to take advantage of the secondary, which still is pretty good. Nolan Smith is a great uh, safety for Georgia. And I just think that, Joe, we saw it last weekend with Michigan. They were able to exercise the demons. Uh, they have a lot of focus. This is the game that Georgia's been focusing on all season. And they are they come in really healthy. They're a veteran team. I just think that this is going to be time that Kirby's not going to have a chance to make any mistakes at the end of a game. And you know what? He's been Saban's jigglypuff in the past. Saban has been able to beat him in games he shouldn't have. Now, I think this is going to be a dominating Georgia performance. And I look at Georgia to win this game. I'm going to say 35 to 17. Okay. Well, the interesting thing about this matchup will be, you know, it will really have a huge impact on the Heisman Trophy race. You know, I still think that defensive players should win it this year, but I think that, you know, Bryce Young's performance will probably be one of the main deciding factors in who wins ultimately. And then the second thing is it's a measuring stick game for the other teams that are playoff contenders to see if they realistically have a chance against Georgia. Because like I said, with the fact that Georgia's best win is against Clemson, we see how dominant they've been. But we want to know, you know, can anybody give them a game this year? Can anybody score against Georgia? And that kind of, you know, could give hope for um, the Michigans and Oklahoma States of the world if Alabama plays close. If Georgia goes out and dominates, then suddenly everybody else is kind of shaking in their bootstraps. That's right. And, Joe, you mentioned uh, Will Anderson earlier. If Alabama is to win this game, then it's got to be a low-scoring affair. I think that Alabama needs a game kind of like what they had with Auburn last week in order to win this game because mm-hmm. I think that that's where, their de- that's where their offense is right now, and that's you know where uh, you know they're going to have a chance to slow down Georgia's offense. They don't have a prolific offense right now. They've run the ball pretty good. You're right, Stetson Bennett's been a good story, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. But, you know, they don't have a whole lot of world beaters themselves. And, yes, George Pickens came back last week against Georgia Tech, but he still might be in more of a decoy stage. And so Alabama's going to have a chance to make some things on defense. And I think that it's either – I'm leaning – you know, of course I've said that I think Georgia's going to win 35-17. But I think that's the only way they can win is by beating up on Alabama. I think I'm with you that – if it's close, I actually like Alabama to win the game. So I think Georgia's only path to victory is by destroying it. Because I think if the game gets close, there's going to be a lot of external factors uh, in their mind, psychological. And I also think that if the game gets close, the referees are going to heavily favor Alabama and they're going to make sure that Alabama wins that game. So Georgia needs to put them away early. You remember how like that Ole Miss LSU game went like in 2014 when Ole Miss had that great defense? Like, I just worry about things like that when your defense, as good as they can be sometimes, can get kind of overworked and taxed. And if your offense doesn't help them out, then at some point, like, the, the dam just kind of bursts. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think this if this is a defensive game, I actually like Alabama to win. I think that Georgia wants to put some points up because that is their path to victory in this one because I think that the, the way this Alabama team is right now, they want it to be a low-scoring affair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can't be like that Clemson-Georgia game from the first week. No, they're not going to win a 10-3 to game in this one. This is one that they're going to have to put up some touchdowns and make some di- uh, make some separation earlier, and that's Georgia's path to victory on this one. So yeah. we'll see what happens on Saturday. I think Georgia's finally going to get it done, and they're going to get it done in commanding fashion. 
But, you know, like I say, I can't be – I will be shocked if uh, the game comes down to another heartbreaker for Alabama getting a, getting Georgia and just destroying the dogs' nation's hopes that, and uh, not having Alabama in the college football playoff and them suddenly getting worried about losing yet another national championship out to Alabama. The last thing I want to ask you, any chance Alabama could get in with a close loss? I don't know, Joe. Um, the, the way that I think that could happen is obviously Cincinnati loses – but I also think that if Alabama were to lose a game, like what it, I think you said, twenty to sixteen, they were to yeah. lose a game twenty to sixteen, and Cincinnati maybe beat Houston by let's say a field goal, uh, then I think that maybe Alabama could get in. Of course, I mean if Oklahoma State lost, then that would do the job for them. I think that Notre Dame is sitting there right now. The committee said last night that they were basically punishing them for Brian Kelly leaving. So I don't think that Notre Dame is as much of an issue. I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, Oklahoma State right there. And so I do think that Alabama has a chance if they win close and uh, and Cincinnati wins close, then maybe they could, they could sneak in at that point. Okay. No, that will certainly be fascinating. And then with Cincinnati, you remember how, like, last week we were joking about the committee not looking at the results on the field. If Notre Dame got in over Cincinnati, then you know it's completely, you know, an issue. Yeah, I mean, they'd be like, oh, well, they hired Marcus Freeman now, so it's all good. We'll go ahead and put uh, – we'll go ahead and put Cincinnati – we'll go ahead and put Notre Dame in over Cincinnati because uh, we think they're a better team right now, and Cincinnati's coach is going to go somewhere else anyway. Yeah, that kind of logic. I don't even know what the playoff committee's logic is. Uh, all I know is apparently they had a meeting today uh, to decide the the fate of expanding the college football playoff out, and they decided that they still haven't made a decision yet. But if you see a two-loss Alabama team get in next week, they'll be forced to put back in that room real fast. People are going to get quite angry. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But we'll see. It's up to Georgia to make sure that doesn't happen. If Georgia can take care of Alabama the way that I said they would, and then it won't be an issue. But if Alabama hangs around, they either win or it's close, then we're going to have quite the debate next Tuesday night. We will. We will. And uh, we hope that you don't debate and keep listening to our show. You can check us out on YouTube, on the Dan Joe Sports Show page. Also, look up all board episodes on Spotify and listen to them there. And you can also follow us on Twitter at DJ Sports Show. And as always, I'm Dan. And I'm Jeff.